my pleasure to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where we're devoted to you having information that allows you to have more control in your life so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up later this hour, Clark Stinks, where you get to hear where people feel, I haven't done my job. It's my favorite segment of the week. So... You may know, you may not know, I was diagnosed with cancer more than 10 years ago, and I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and at the time I was diagnosed, there was not a lot of easy-to-access information about prostate cancer you could trust, and when I, as I do in my life, when I was diagnosed in addition to consulting the doctors, the urologists, the, uh, I met with a surgeon, the various things you do with medical professionals, I read independently in medical journals to understand my cancer and what it all meant and what I had to do. So at that time, 10 plus years ago, the only place I could find extensive writing in medical journals in English, happened to be from a British medical journal called Lancet. And it was in Lancet that I learned uh, having to look up terminology and all that because it's all written to doctors, learned what I needed to know that I was not going to learn in the brief time you sit with a doctor. And I took control of my own care. Now, when I was diagnosed, any diagnosis of prostate cancer, and just a short time ago, less than 11 years ago, the automatic answer was that you were going to have to have treatment, and the choice that you then had to make, which form of treatment you would have. Well, what medicine has learned since in this country, and what they already knew in Europe, is that a lot of prostate cancers are slow-growing and are not, at least in the immediate term, in any way life-threatening. So here I am, more than a decade out, not having had any treatment at all, but I follow a very strict medical regimen that I am attended to in Los Angeles. And so... I go through uh, having blood tests, urine tests every so often, and then I was on a six-month cycle, now more than 10 years out. Every two years, I have a special form of MRI where I have to live in the machine for a minimum 75 minutes. Not exactly the most fun. And then that's followed by my next test, which is a biopsy which uh, some men find not painful at all. Others find extremely painful. I find it painful. Uh, But anyway, it's better than being dead, right? So I do that as required by my doctor. I had to search for a doctor that would do what is now referred to as active surveillance. And for men who meet my profile with the cancer I have, the uh, percent that are doing active surveillance now is approaching 50%. 
Because again, prostate cancer, explained in the most simple terms, it's very different than other cancers. And it has many genetic makeups. And many of us diagnosed with prostate cancer early stage are what could be referred to as turtles. We have extremely slow-growing cancer that at least in the period you're in at the time you're diagnosed is not in any way dangerous or life-threatening. Then there are rabbits. Those are people who have a makeup of their cancer that is potentially dangerous and not attended to immediately can be life-threatening and may in fact cost your life. And then there are eagles, people that are diagnosed with prostate cancer at a point where it's a fight for your life from the first day of diagnosis. So what makes it unique is with so many cancers, you don't have the genetic issues. Uh, Breast cancer, by the way, is one that also has the genetic issues where some people with breast cancer are at great risk and others not much at all. But it's all looked at as one cancer and prostate cancer looked at as one cancer, but it really does have this swing of seriousness depending on the genetic makeup. There are companies racing to develop simple tests, either by urine or by blood tests, that will be able to specifically mark what kind of genetic form you have. And this same research is going on with breast cancer as well. And then be able to distinguish who has what's going to be an aggressive, dangerous cancer versus one that is not necessarily dangerous at all and certainly not aggressive. And that will be a big change and a big help to people. So I want to say something for you that we put together for you that if you are diagnosed or you have a family member or loved one who's been diagnosed, and you're overwhelmed and confused, and you want to know information you can trust, I have a direct link for you now at Clark.com. If you go Clark.com slash prostate cancer, you'll see a direct link there to a page at the Prostate Cancer Foundation, specially set up for me. I've got a video on there, and I've got a guide for you what to do when you're diagnosed, how to know how to approach it right, and that the resources, the information I had to search outside the United States to find medical journal information more than a decade ago, today is available for you with just clicks from a source I know you can trust, the Prostate Cancer Foundation. So, again... This may not be information you need or anybody in your family needs right now, but the time will come with prostate cancer being the second most common cancer in men that someone you know, someone you love, or a family member you tolerate because they're a family member, that they're going to need that information and you're going to have a resource available to you. Brian is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Brian. Hi, Clark. How you doing? Good, thank you, Brian. And I uh, gather I should thank you for your service to our country? Oh, well, thank you for your support. What branch are you in? Uh, the U- well, I'm a former U.S. Navy sailor in the submarine force. 
Oh, man. Have you ever heard me tell the story about my brother who was a Navy man? No, I don't believe I have. So my brother during Vietnam was a naval officer, went to OCS in Rhode Island, and uh-huh. finishes OCS, and he's assigned to submarine duty. And he, oh, marvelous. Well, he reports for his first day of submarine duty and discovered something about himself he never knew. Oh, boy. <laughs> Severe claustrophobia. I see, that was exactly what I was about to guess. <laughs> so this was, again, during Vietnam. So what happens in the military when you turn down an assignment? Well, I'm given to understand that they generally redirect you to something a little less agreeable. (laughs) Exactly. He was sent into a combat zone in Vietnam and had a little boat that he took Marines into combat in. Oh, boy. Wow. So (laughs) that claustrophobia cost him big time. But he he came home all in one piece. Oh, that's an understatement. Wow. (laughs) Well, how can I serve you, Brian? Well, I have a quick question for you regarding housing. Um, I was actually a submariner in Croton, Connecticut, so not too far from where the OCS goes on out there in uh, Rhode Island. But I've since separated from the military with an honorable discharge, and uh, I've been out for a couple of years now, and I've been going to school, going to college, at a university in New York City using my post-9-11 GI Bill benefit. Now, there's a housing stipend, a monthly stipend associated with that benefit, and I've been taking advantage of that to cover my expenses while I do school full-time. So I guess my question to you is, being that my career, or excuse me, my major is human resources-oriented and HR professionals generally make fifty to 60000 a year starting salary, how can I maintain an urban uh, lifestyle or try to attempt to remain in the New York City metropolitan area on a salary like that, is it viable? And if not... Not easily. I mean, you know, in the New York metro area, and and as you know, having lived in Connecticut, what's referred to as the tri-state area, you have to be an extremely long-distance commuter Mm. or you have to live in very tiny housing or not very nice housing, or not very nice tiny housing to be able to stay in the tri-state area. I mean, it's a brutal problem. And when Mm -hmm. you're done with school, are you willing to live somewhere else in America where that paycheck will go so much further? Well, as it stands, I live in a... um, Well, the answer to your question, yes, I am. Um, And just so you know, I right now live in a 200 square foot micro studio and i pay an astronomical 1650 a month which in many places in the united states you'd be able to buy a multi-bedroom home what that cost (laughs) is equivalent per month so i would say because when you finish school Mm. first things first i would I would, if you're willing to, let the country be your choice, you know, that wherever you can find the best job opportunity and that you be willing to live somewhere else. If you don't have strong family roots in Mm. the New York metro area, why don't you go where you'll find the best opportunity? And along with that, you stay Mm. out of the most congested cities in the Northeast and on the West Coast 
you'll find housing completely different as an equation. I will take your advice. I'm very interested in Indianapolis as a viable option. People love moving to Indianapolis. They love going to Kansas City. Uh, Both of those markets are very in right now. And, Mm. uh, And you have people moving from the coast into the heartland to big cities, big metro areas in the heartland where they can have quality of life, affordability, and uh, there's a lot going on. I was just in Indy, and, the, and I noticed the population was similar to Boston. But, you know, it really didn't feel that way in terms of traffic and the congestion. It well, seems that's because like Indianapolis out. is really spread out. Yeah, exactly. And so Boston, kind of enticing. I think about Boston, everything was built before mm. the automobile. And so you got those narrow streets, and you got people triple parking. And so it's a different mm-hmm. kind of environment. But well, I love Indianapolis. Well, thank you for your help, Clark. And thank you for your years of service. Oh, well, you take care now. <laughs> sure. And I'm thinking about you living in the 200 and whatever square feet. So since you did submarine duty, that probably feels like you're in a mansion now versus what you were in on that submarine. Philip's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Philip. How you doing? Doing great, Clark. Thank you very much for taking my call. Certainly. How can I serve you, Philip? So my wife and I uh, recently hit a cool milestone, and, and we're getting ready to make uh, an investment uh, for which I'd, I'd love for your advice. So uh, my wife had a grad school loan, and having just paid that off, we are now debt-free outside of our mortgage. But we're looking to now uh, look at our kitchen appliances for two reasons. We've been in our home for a few years, but the house is a 10-year-old home with the original appliances, and um, both the dishwasher have failed and the microwave is, is breaking in several places. So we've actually been washing dishes by hand for over a year just to save costs. But uh, now we're at the point where we'd like to buy a kitchen suite in cash. I understand that, you know, as suites can get well over $5,000 or so. But anyways, we're looking to... Uh, so you mean, when you say suite. kitchen suite, you mean get a new side-by-side refrigerator, get a new dishwasher, get a new oven or stove? Is that what you mean? Yes, the works. So stove, okay. dishwasher, um, microwave, and Think uh, of them individually. What I've read over the years in Consumer Reports, you're not going to find that one particular brand is suddenly going to be the best. You're best off getting appliances that in each category they've tested and they rate as being very reliable. I'm into reliability with appliances. Right. And you'll be able to get a similar look even across brands, but uh, the one area you're going to be frustrated by is a lot of kitchen appliances are not extremely reliable. Are you a subscriber to Consumer Reports? No, and I've really thought about getting it because I can see, I see it consistently referenced when I when we um, I do purchasing research, especially with things like appliances. You know, that's not an area you go look at electronics, and there's 80 million bloggers reviewing them. You don't. I mean, nobody gets up in the morning and say, "Hey, I want to be a famous blogger of dishwashers." <laughs> so, Consumer Reports, as it always did, now fills that with the same authority as before. And you can pay for 
temporary online access. You can subscribe, whatever you want. But go to stores online. Go to their online sites, even if you're going to go to physical stores, and try to cross-reference the ones that are a good deal with the ones that also have good ratings. So my only concern there would be we're looking to get the stainless steel color no due problem. to the look of the kitchen. And so no I'm concerned problem. about d- different shades of this and that. Now you'll be fine. Like they match. Now I wouldn't worry at all. I mean, and when you go look in stores, you'll see that the shades are just fine looking at the style from different manufacturers. Although you may, you may be able to come up with a cross-reference that gets you okay across the same brand. But I would rather you be more a free agent. Just make sure the stainless steel is close enough you're not going to freak out. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. There are times you feel ripped off by me. I answer a question. I make a statement. Or I start out talking about a topic, and you feel like I missed the point, gave bad guidance, whatever it is. And so that's why we have Clark.com slash ClarkStinks, where you can go post where you feel, I just blew it. Or now we have like a form. You can do either way. You can do it through our message boards, or when you go to that URL... Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. There's also a form you can just quickly f- fill out if you don't want to register for the message boards. How easy, because I need your feedback. So you post on Clark Stinks. Others see what you posted. They can comment on it. They can agree. They can disagree. Whatever they do, once a week, our producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark. Yes. With all due respect, you are giving the wrong advice on dealing with hospital slash doctor's bills. Hospital social workers or patient advocates cannot reduce bills. They can give advice or information on programs available. Patients have to qualify according to incomes for financial relief. The health care crisis in this country hits middle-income people with insurance the worst. Approximately 60% of all bankruptcies in this country involve medical bills. Two out of every three people with health insurance have been referred to collection agencies. I've heard these statistics from cable news shows. This is how out of control healthcare is in the United States. And that was from Randy. Thank you, Randy. Uh, on the issue of going to a hospital social worker or patient advocate, it depends on the hospital system whether or not the answer I've given would work. Uh, maybe some hospital systems, they cannot do that for you. Uh, one thing you should know is if you have an issue with a bill, with a hospital, and they are a nonprofit, they're under or should be under a microscope to make sure that in return for the tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of tax they avoid paying, they are required to provide a reasonable amount of what's known as uncompensated care. And so if it is a nonprofit hospital, you certainly want to ask about that angle as well. 
because in order for them to maintain that massive benefit of having a tax holiday, they are supposed to, in turn, work with their patients. When someone is a victim of identity theft of their tax return and they expect a large refund, don't tell them it will take up to 14 months to get their refund. Tell them to apply their expected refund to next year's taxes and scale back what they are currently withholding. That way, they will get all their refund a lot sooner. David. David, that is a fantastic suggestion. No one has ever made it. Now, it won't get somebody, uh, let's say, a a $2,400 check quicker, but it means that by reducing their withholding, they're able to have the effective use of the money a whole lot quicker. I love that idea. Clark's folksy charm is generally endearing, but I believe he should cease his frequent incantations of the dated and tone-deaf expression, happy wife, happy life. First, the phrase can now seem condescending and patronizing, implying that women need to be indulged by default to be contented, instead of finding satisfaction through equal debate, compromise, and decision-making with their partners. Second, with many marriages now including only husbands, the message has exclusionary overtones. It's time to leave this throwback phase behind, but thanks for your and your team's great work, aside from this oppressively odiferous olfactory offense. Signed, an English major who retired at 36 but still listens to Clark every Clark Howard episode. Well, thank you very much for your loyalty. And I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate the... um, the fact that it is a dated phrase. One of the reasons that I use that phrase is it's a gentle way for me a lot of times to uh, get men who maybe are not listening to a wife to listen better to her. And maybe I need to come up with a better, more modern way to say it. Clark, you mentioned on your radio show numerous times that you aren't in favor of LifeLock, yet in my real-life situation, LifeLock did save me from a fraudulent account being opened using my credit. I was able to shut down the fraud immediately because I got a text as it was happening. Credit Karma and Credit Sesame do not have this ability, nor will they do anything as far as cleaning up the stolen identity. Stop banging on them. Yes, LifeLock costs money, but I found it was well worth it. Pat. Pat, thank you, and I'm so glad that LifeLock was able to do something fantastic for you. My preference over LifeLock or any credit monitoring is that you take advantage of the federal law that allows you to freeze your credit files for free. It is far more effective than even the lucky circumstance you had with LifeLock or any other, which usually with a credit monitoring service you're going to know about something after the damage has already occurred. And in this lucky circumstance, you were able to stop something before real trouble began. But the best, most effective strategy is to do credit freeze, which very quickly allows you to shut down access to your credit until you need it, and then also extremely quickly open up access to your credit again when you need access. Hi, Clark. I'm a longtime listener of your show. I listen to your show whenever my day is not going well. Though most of the time I hear you, I listen to you for money advice. Sometimes I hear you not to listen to your money advice, but to hear your polite voice. Somehow that will make me motivated. 
You stunk when you gave advice for Valentine's Day flowers. You always say that to present the flowers to your wife before the price hike for Valentine's Day. If it's family, we can't do it this way. We can do it this way. You forgot about organized parties and events at school. Room moms arrange on February 14th to surprise the teacher. It's similar for the school bus driver also. We cannot avoid these situations. We cannot celebrate Valentine's Day in the school on February 1st or in the last week of January. Since I'm not from Clark Howard University, I bought this. <laughs> I bought this time. I bought white daisy flowers for all of the school teachers. I appreciate your service. Please keep doing what you're doing. Siva. Siva, thank you. And so I need to reveal something. After Valentine's Day, I was in Aldi and they had these Valentine's Day uh, flower arrangements that were like they're the kind that that have soil to them. What do you call that when they're not cut flowers? They're the kind that keep living? Like plants? Planted? Well, they were, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. They, I, I mean, I, I'm somebody who prefers AstroTurf to real grass, so what can I tell you? But anyway, I bought her this really cool flower arrangement for half price because it was right after Valentine's Day. And uh, it was one of those things I'd already given her roses two weeks out and then I never really thought about the angle of giving flowers immediately afterwards on clearance. But I hear you that there are times you can't do it too early and you can't wait till after. Hi, Clark. We are mortgage debt free. I don't like it when you say, quote, you can't eat your house. It is so much cheaper to find food to eat than to find a place to live if you get into financial trouble. People can live on less than $5 a day of food if they have to. But try and find a place to live for anywhere near that amount. My parents lost their house when I was young, and the first thing I wanted to do as an adult was to pay off our mortgage. I think focusing on getting mortgage debt-free trumps everything financially. Thanks for everything. You're a big part of why we are mortgage debt-free. Patty. Patty, thank you for that. And, you know, I don't know if you know my life story, but the reason that I have always lived on so much less than what I've made is because of what happened to my parents when I was a teenager, when my dad lost his job. And I really learned then the value of living on less than what you make. You learned that lesson for what happened in your family circumstance also. And wanting to know that the house is your house and you don't have to ever worry about it, the psychology of that is great. Uh, You know, I've owned my home free and clear. And I don't, I don't like debt for anything. So I get it. It's just when I'm talking to somebody and there are different priorities and typically they're in their, let's say, 40s or 50s and they're accelerating paying off on a home, but they're not really saving to have cash to live on in retirement, that's when I start talking about the priorities, the mortgage interest rate and the rest. But I certainly... Not only can I not fault you for owning your home free and clear, I praise you for it, and I'm right there with you. Hey, Clark. Although I enjoy listening to your podcast for interesting consumer tips and tricks, I am not a fan of some of your financial advice, especially with regards to investing, but I digress. Your advice to a gentleman whose mother earns a low income should contribute to a Roth to should contribute to a Roth and in turn be eligible for the saver's credit was sound advice. However, 
You mentioned that she would receive money back if it exceeded her tax liability. Sorry to burst your bubble, but the Savers is a non-refundable credit. It can only reduce the tax liability to zero. Sincerely, Brian, I'm not going to try your last name, CPA. Brian, thank you. And I'll go read on that because that would be very important information if I have that wrong, that it's not a refundable credit. Um, So thank you for putting that information out there. And I will correct that if, in fact, you're right, I'm wrong on it. A caller said he was thinking of opening an online bank account and asked how he could deposit cash. You told him there was no way to do that. Technically, that is correct. However, the workaround to not being able to deposit cash online is to purchase a money order. They cost around a dollar or less, which is a fraction of what a traditional bank charges just in monthly maintenance fees. I did the exact same thing while I was traveling and was given several hundred dollars in cash from a friend instead of carrying around that amount of money. I bought a money order for 50 cents and then e-deposited it to my credit union using my phone. Alternatively, the caller could use cash in an old-fashioned way and purchase groceries, gasoline, etc. with it. Great suggestion followed by another great suggestion. And that money order idea you have, I will obviously steal it and use that as a way to encourage people to do online banking. All right, I've one more real quick. Clark, you don't really smell like a gym bag with sweaty clothes that's been left in the trunk for a few days. However, you missed the mark with a call- when a caller asked if they still needed credit karma now that they received their credit score through a credit card. You failed to tell the caller that most credit card companies will only provide you with a score, while Credit Karma will also provide you with a bevy of other useful information, including credit u- utilization, accounts and payment history, and number of hard inquiries. This additional information gives you a much better idea of the things impacting your credit than just the score. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Derek. And Derek, thank you. The other wonderful thing about using the Credit Karma dashboard is it will tutor you based on your own situation what you need to do to raise your score. I appreciate all your posts. Please, when you feel I've missed the mark, missed the facts, go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. Please let me know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brenda's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brenda. Hey there. How are you? Great. Thank you. Brenda, you worked for one company for how long? Uh, 33 years. Wow. And you're not quitting that company. They're quitting you? Uh, yes, sir. They are. Um, my store has closed down. Um, which so retail, am, which um, retailer have you been with for that long? 
I'm sorry? Which retailer have you been with for that long? Uh, Sears. Oh. Okay. So I hope I have good answers for you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I just, have, I just have one question, actually. I have a 401k, obviously, um, and it's been in there for you know about at least 31 years. So I just want to know um, what to do with my, my, my 401, my retirement. Right. Please tell me none of it is in any of Eddie Lampere's stock. No, I don't have any in Sears stock. Okay. So it's all in um, diversified kind of funds? Yes. It's, um, one of them is an S&P 500. The other one says I have a large cap growth. Um, and there's, there's a substantial amount of money in there. So I just don't want to, I don't know if I should leave it and see what it does or if I need to move it out. Well, first of all, that's outstanding that you're diversified like that. And you have classic diversification being in the 500 largest companies in the country, so you're not betting on any one company, and uh, is whether you should leave it in what's going to become an orphan plan with what's going on with Sears, I think that I would move it potentially to your own IRA. Okay. And that's really easier to do than that might sound. You know, usually I tell people, you know, why don't you just leave the money behind in your old 401k? But with yeah. everything that's gone on with Sears and all the tumult, I think I'd uh, put some space between you and them with it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my thought process. So I, I figured I would call you and see what your recommendation was. All right. So we, do you prefer dealing with people face to face or are you OK doing um, stuff online? I'm OK doing stuff online. All right. So if you go to my investment guide at Clark.com, you're going to see information there about uh, rolling that over with the big three, which are of the low-cost companies, which are Charles Schwab, Fidelity Investments, and Vanguard. And all three of them have retirement professionals. If you call in and you say you need to talk with a retirement specialist, they'll get you with one, and they'll help you set up the paperwork, and they'll handle moving the money from Sears' 401k into having your own IRA, no tax will be due, and the money will just be there for you in, a, in your own account. And I also okay. have recommendations what I'd like you to put the money in once you okay. get it to Schwab, Fidelity, or Vanguard. Okay. Now, are you one of the Sears individuals who qualified for a pension as well? Yes, um, I didn't get into the pension till late, so there's not really um, much in there, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your loyalty to one company for such a long time. That makes you a really good candidate for somebody else to take advantage of your experience. Yes, sir. Thank you. So best to you in the job market. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I will definitely go on your um, investment guide. Um, and, and get that moved. Is it, I mean, I know I have a certain amount of time, but I think I'm going to try to do it um, sooner than later. Exactly. Since you, since you were, your store is now closed, I'd rather you get that in action now. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.